0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sally A. from South Jersey, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 14, 2016, and we will resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 83 in the chapter Into Action, the first paragraph beginning where it says, yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead And we'll read two two paragraphs, and we'll be sharing on the second paragraph to get us started this morning. Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Cheryl S. for the 12 traditions, Lisa B. And our readers of the text will be Anita J., Penny C., and Rebecca F. The reference number for Wednesday, July 13, is 8912, and the OA preamble. who still suffers? At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Cheryl S. to read the 12 steps. Cheryl?
1: Yes, good morning. I'm Cheryl S. from Maryland. I'm newly recovered and grateful this morning. praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you so much, Cheryl. And I will now ask
0: Lisa B. to read the 12 traditions. Lisa? Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon only unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa, for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature to share press star 1 to unmute once you are done sharing let us know by saying pass then press star 1 to mute your phone in order to have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted let me just say that one more time in order to have a quiet meeting everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted Today we resume our study of the AA Big Book on page 83 in the chapter, Into Action. We are in the first paragraph beginning where it says, Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead. Through two paragraphs ending with 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. The first paragraph is for context only. And we will be focusing our comments on the second paragraph. I will now ask Anita J to begin reading. Anita? Thank you. Thank you very much, Sally A, and thank you for your service. This is Anita J, a very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Yes, there is a long period of reconstruction ahead we must take the lead. Our remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we now see it, being very careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that our own actions are partly responsible, so we clean house with the family asking each morning in meditation that our creators show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Our behavior will convince them more than our words. We must remember that 10 or 20 years of drunkenness would make a skeptic out of anyone. It's interesting, thank you. Thank you, Higher Power, for leading me to read these two paragraphs. The spiritual life is not a theory. You know, at the convention, um, I was part of a little contest, and uh, my first answer was kind of silly, because when I'm nervous, I'm silly, but it was the spiritual life, and I was supposed to finish the sentence, and I put, "is not for sissies, and the thing is, there's some truth in that, too, but... um, because it takes courage to let go of the outcomes which you didn't have in charge anyway. But to give it over to a spirit of the universe, God, whatever we call it. And I haven't spent a lot of time writing an elaborate page on what this spiritual life looks like. Because it doesn't matter. It's my actions. I learned that years ago in the program, but I didn't really live out of it always, but it's it's actions, not words. My behavior will draw the family and others to this program, to a higher power. And you know, I was amazed when I found out, actually carefully listening to the big book this time through vision. There's something unbelievably wonderful about sitting alone in a room, reading these two paragraphs a day or three, uh, knowing hundreds of other people are listening too, and really hearing it for the first time. You know, it says that these are stories in the back of the book on how to find God. I never noticed that. I thought it was how to stay sober. And there's a slight difference, isn't there? The thing is, um, I did get a reward recently. Last year, somebody very close to me who has known me in the program the entire time has now joined the program. She saw a change in me she she's seen me thinner. I don't seem at this age to go all the way down anymore to see my ribs. But she saw a change in me, and within me, and um, I didn't do that. All I did was presented myself every morning now to this power greater than me, and tried to live it to the best of my ability. And that's all I can do. Because my 10 or 20 years, you've got to double that, folks. Almost triple it. It's not triple. Over double that they would make a skeptic out of anyone. I was even a skeptic. And I'm very grateful today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Who else would like to share on this paragraph?
2: Katie from Boston. This This is Bella, can I share? Kim,
0: Janice. S. Janice M. Okay, let me just tell you who I heard, and we can go back and hear a few more. I heard Katie G. I heard Larry. I'm, Larry, I'm sorry. I don't know the last initial. You'll have to tell me. I heard Bella. I heard a Kim. I'm not sure which Kim it was, and I heard Janice M. Tina S. Tina S. Vasa O. Thank you, Kim. Tina, Tina S. And Vasa O. Was there anyone else? Okay, so I've got Katie G, Larry, Bella, Kim G, Tina S, Janice M, and Vasa O. Was there anyone that I missed? Okay, let's go with that. Katie G, you're up first.
3: Hey, Sally, may I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, wonderful. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic, calling in from Boston starting my timer and um I had a couple thoughts on the second paragraph <laughs> the first one i thought about um with my fiance you know um it's not my job to um show to talk to him to tell him how he should live um and that my behavior will convince him more than my words and um i think that you know like he'll get heated and um i will expect an apology because he's gotten heated right so like it's a spiritual axiom that when he's disturbed he needs to make amends right because he did wrong but um he's not the addict in the relationship right like I am I have to live my spiritual life I have to demonstrate it towards him and he's not gonna eat right like he's not gonna go back to the food as a solution um you know, because he's not practicing kindliness, patience, tolerance, and love. And the truth is, I'm the one saying he's not practicing kindliness, patience, tolerance, and love. And the other truth is, this man didn't come into a 12-step program begging for God, like his morals and his values are pretty right on target with where they should be. Um, You know, and I think about work where um, people don't necessarily trust me. Like I have a relationship with a boss that is leaving now um and it's just turning into something that both of us can um you know both of us that is that is kind that is filled with um trust but in the beginning you know on my end and i did a lot of destruction another area that i think about with this is um i never showed up for my family i never showed up it was like, um, at the last minute, I would have a rage attack, and I would say, you know, go screw. I'm not showing up. You don't come. And so there are members of my family who don't really trust me, who are like, you know what? Um, this, I don't, are you going to come? Are you not going to come? And um, I need to demonstrate, right? Like, <clears throat> I need to take the focus off of other people's business so that I have my own business to mind. It is me to demonstrate it is not me to get up and lecture and moralize around
4: <clears throat> God
3: and the big book, although you all know that I can lecture and moralize around God and the big book, but this is about a demonstration and you know what guys, I'm trudging this with you um you know, like shoulder to shoulder one day at a time, um, I can learn to practice compassion and patience, and i can I might be the only big book that other people read. So how am I going to show up today? What are my actions going to do? And as one of our beloved uh recovered members always say, my behaviors speak louder than my words. So I'm going to continue showing up one day at a time, shoulder to shoulder. And with that, I do pass.
0: Thank you. Thank you, KDG. Larry, it's your turn. And Bella, you'll be up next.
5: Thanks, Sally, uh, for your service. It's Larry k um, recovered compulsive reader the uh, it says the spiritual life is a theory we have to live it um, you know I, I must remember you know that this chapter is entitled into action you know faith without works uh, is dead without work is dead you know I, I spend about I don't know about you but I, you know about six hours per week on this line uh, give or take a few minutes here and there now I'm not particularly good at math I've never been good at math but but you know I've been blessed with the use of a calculator um and so you know if there's what 168 hours in a week and i'm spending six hours on the vision line per week i don't know carry the two minus that leaves 162 hours you know and i'm i'm sleep deprived like probably many of you so maybe i sleep for about 35 hours a week you know so that leaves 127 hours uh per week so the question is with all this calculus here right is how am i using these hours you know am i am i in uh for example example am i in mortal combat with the food you know armoring up to deal with the food every day am i fighting with my family members am i hiding from others you know the game of isolation that was one of my favorite games you know where's waldo where's larry um am i spending energy and finding ways to avoid work i used to do a lot of that uh the other thing i had a part-time job as a judge judging everyone in every situation you know these steps completed precisely as as laid out in the big book Uh, they changed me i didn't know they would but they did they changed me so that i can be today of maximum service to my higher power and to those about me not in every moment i try my best sometimes i screw it up completely but um but i but i have the desire to do that and i did not intellectualize myself into this this state of remission that we call recovered um i didn't intellectualize myself into that it came through action and i fumbled around for a good long time you know uh because i wasn't ready and i wasn't willing had i been i didn't ha- i would not have had to spend as much time in 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 that state of of fighting and isolating and judging, today I don't do that um, as often, and I'm able through this this process to be able to to turn things around quickly and to lean into the God of my own understanding on a daily basis. It's action, 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 and recovery, recovery, recovery. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Larry and Bella. You're up. Kimji, you'll be up next, and then Tina
2: S. Bella. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G., and I'm a thankful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Sally, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, it's such a wonderful, powerful paragraph. We have to live it. Yes, today by living the steps, one day at a time, I live my life. You know, before program... I wasn't connected to myself. I was connected to my ego. I didn't want to feel any feeling because I knew whatever I feel is going straight to the food. If I was happy or nervous or with fear or angry or jealous, my solution was the food. And then, you know, I doubled my problem. Thank you, God, I am not there anymore. And today, by living the steps, one day at a time, I am connected. I learn to be connected to my feelings and to allow myself to feel whatever feeling I feel. If it's a comfortable feeling, like happiness and excitement, or if it's not such a comfortable feeling to feel, like fear and anger and resentment, I still I, I give permission to myself to feel it, and today, thank you, God, I know, and I am not running to the fo- to the food anymore because I know the food will not do the job for me. Today, by leaving the steps, I have the opportunity to pose, to learn to pose, and to act, to act to change my my believe, and to change my thinking, and to change my behavior, and to know, yes, life is life with challenges, and sometimes painful challenges, and sometimes very resentful challenges, and today I have the opportunity just to pause and to know, okay, so what shall I do now, and today you know, I am not running to the judging and blaming others. Today I learned to take responsibility of my own self and to take responsibility to my own actions. One thing for sure, the solution is not running to the food. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Bella, for sharing. And Kim G., it's your turn. Tina S., you'll be up next, and then Janice M. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, all. My name is Tim G. Oh, gosh, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. You know, I have a lot of conversations with people, and, and when they ask me questions or, or the like, the first thing I say is, can you tell me where you are in your step work? And what always concerns me is when someone says, oh, well, I've done the steps twice in the last time of a year ago. Because this is what this, this um, paragraph is telling us. We never stop doing the steps. The steps have to become our blueprints for life if we want to stay in this recovered state. You know, I was working with one of my girls this week, and, um, and you know, we're doing step 10, and I tried to give her this analogy, and she's a nurse. I said, you know, you learn the skill set in four through nine. I said, if you went through nursing school, passed your boards, but never went into a hospital, would you really be a nurse? You know, doing clinical work in a, in a classroom setting is one thing, but when you're in a hospital and they sell, say, stat, and you have to start an IV or, or, or do it. I'm not a nurse, obviously, but do all those different things in real time. That's when the rubber hits the road. That's what step 10 and 11 is. I learned this skill set in 4 through 9, but I get the benefit of it when I'm living it in 10 and 11. And Larry put in this this chapter is into action. You know, I know a lot of people that can quote the big book a lot better than me that are in the food. Because learning this, I mean, I mean, reading the big book will give you knowledge. Living the big book will give you freedom. So ask yourself today, what actions are you taking? Are you just listening to these meetings and then not doing anything the other 23 hours of the day? Are you only in this book when we're in meetings and not looking at this book and studying it and applying it outside the meetings? You know, are all your amends done? Are there outstanding amends that you haven't cleaned up yet? You know, in step 10, what is your step 10 practice? I often ask people that, and they can't even describe step 10, let, let alone tell me how they're practicing it. What is your daily step 11 practice? Most, a lot of people don't know, unfortunately, that step 11 is three processes. It's a morning routine and evening routine and pausing throughout the day. What does your step 12 look like? You know, it's another common thing I hear is people have had the same sponsees for like three years. If that's true, then are you really working the steps with people or are you just being 10, 11 buddies together? We have to be, if we're in step 12, we need to be taking people from the doctor's opinion through working with others. Are you taking actions? Are you returning phone calls? You know, when you're in a meeting, are you only talking to your friends? Are you approaching those people that need that? And more importantly to me are the warnings. So I'm just gonna use one warning from step 10 on page 85. Every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. I ask myself daily, am I doing it every day? Am I carrying God's will or Kim's will and into all of my activities? Because where I'm not asking God and these steps into is exactly where the disease is going to pull me back. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kim. And Tina S., it's your turn. Jenna you will be up next and then in Vasa O.
6: Thanks, Sally. Uh, Tina asked, "Compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida." What a great meeting! Lots of good stuff I heard. Uh, You know, I like this paragraph also. You know, about it, Uh, the spiritual life is not a theory. You know, we have to live it. And you know, I I I love good ideas, and I love that people can explain things to me. I love all that stuff. I love doing it myself. You know, I'm a talker. Uh, But am I really living this? Am I practicing this? And you know, I think initially I don't know uh, if I was really doing it to the best of my ability. I think over time and over practice and over trudging, walking with purpose, that happens. You know, uh, if I continue to do the deal, I continue to get the deal. I love that. You know, but you know, I'd caused harm for many years, and uh, just recently I've had several people in my past, and I shared this before. You know, I moved to Florida back in 1988, so I thought, oh, I left all my crap up in Pennsylvania, and and I did, you know, make, some, make the amends at the best that I could at the time that I did it. But over the past couple of years, I've had these people come back into my life in a different way and, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm living it. And I think that it was over time that they were able to come back into my life, you know, because they saw what I was doing, not necessarily what I was saying. And, um, and that's the good news, you know, that's the good news. And, and I love that it's all about practice because let me just tell you, if I think I'm going to be perfect, I'm screwed. You know, and that's why we have you know ten, eleven, and twelve and you know and and I, I agree with everybody else you know I can't just stay at ten you know because there are nine steps prior to you know I could forget the rest of the stuff you know I'm a great forgetter, and um you know I was just learning about you know I, I talks about not you know taking spiritual matters into these amends you know I, trying to cram this down people's throats, you know, I was just learning about spiritual matters myself. You know, today, you know, I practice this stuff, you know, so I'm not so spiritually bankrupt. So, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just grateful to be here, grateful to be absent and, and sane, you know, because that's the good news and that's the benefits and, and free, like everybody talks about. So with that, will pass. Thanks. Thanks so
0: much, Tina S. And Janice M., it's your turn. Basha O., you'll be up next. And I'm going to just jump in for a minute. Janice? Yes, good morning to you Sally and everyone. My name is Janice, um, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Let me start. Um, okay. Um <laughs> the first the sentence, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. So, the whole program is spiritual. You know, we of course when I first came in, you know, I couldn't I couldn't comprehend living you know, what that meant. Living the spiritual aspect of the program. I just couldn't. I didn't come here for spirituality. I came here to lose weight. Uh, You know, I didn't go to church. I mean, that's what I came here for. So the theory is the knowledge, you know, all the knowledge that we get from being in the rooms for years. But what does it mean to me that we have to live it? Well, living is breathing. Living is acting. Uh, living is um growing because this is what this program teaches me to grow towards something now what is it it we, we know it is the steps but what are we going to practice what do you mean practice the steps well it means practicing for me and for others practicing what the steps are the principles behind the steps well i mean the, today you know that i am recovered You know, I can't comprehend, you know, living without the spirituality. Well, the principles that, you know, I was practicing before entering the program, you know, I was dishonest. I was critical. I wasn't self-disciplined. I was um, um, judging everybody. I wasn't reliable. I was dishonest, very dishonest. Uh, So this is what it's telling me. You know, we can, we can repeat the principles and know them and teach them and all that. But I have to act towards those principles on a daily basis, uh, not just once in a while, like it was mentioned. And I have to, and I'm going to be changing. Because why? Because now these principles are my God's commands, you know, that I understand him to be. And of course, I was very disobedient. So therefore, you know, uh, <laughs> I never was restored to a, to a, a, sane, a sane mind. But this is a lifetime process, working towards the ideal. Never will get there. Always progressing. You know, it started with step two, and then we're going to continue, and then step nine. Is about, you know, this first, it's the first nine steps of three quarters of the program. Now we have to continue to, 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 to live the way that my God wants me to live. And then I will have a spiritual awakening and will be restored. I will never be cured. I will never be perfect. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Janice and Vasa, oh, you're up. And then I'll jump in for a minute.
7: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Sally, for your service, and I'm grateful Recovered Compulsive over calling from Foxborough, Miss, um, Massachusetts. Oh, this program is such a gift to me. I don't know where it would be today if I did not get into the program and into the steps. Um, uh, there was nothing really more that I wanted than to put the food down after so many, many years having the battle with the food. And finally, finally, I did come to the program, and I did thank you God, I mean, thank you, my higher power or whatever we want to call it I thank God I did get my abstinence right from the beginning, and physically i would you know the- the the weight was just melting off my body. I could feel it, you know, and it was just amazing. I was on that pink cloud, you know, and um. But when I was acting to my disease, I was very irritable irritable and discontent discontent and yeah, even after you know when, when after I became abstinent, and that's why I needed to uh work the steps the way they're laid out. I needed to get to step four, five, six as they laid out and uh and I brought that unpredictability uh to my family. They didn't know what I was coming or going. You know, I'm one day on a diet or three days, and I'm going back into the food addiction and very unhappy. And my poor husband, when he came from work, he didn't know what kind of wife he was going to find, you know, happy, miserable. I was such a workaholic. And I, and then I decided to put the time and the energy into my program. And I'm so grateful. You know, I had the house. I had the husband. I had the children. I had everything. But I was so unhappy inside. And um, so for me, I put a lot of time into this program. I mean, I put hours and hours into myself, taking care of myself and doing service. It's like a part-time job, you know. And, no, I don't get money, but, look, but the things that I've gotten, the peace, the serenity, it's, you can't even measure it with money or material things. And no, none of that can replace what I have today. So I'm just so grateful to be with every one of you. And, yes, much, I'm much more content and happiness now, and my family see it. So it's catchy. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Boss. Uh, I'm going to just set an alarm here for myself. I'm Sally A., recovered compulsive overeater, and um, I'd like to just take a, a moment or two to speak on this paragraph. It's a powerful paragraph. The spiritual life is not a theory; we have to live it. Why did they put this paragraph here in this on this page in the middle of step nine? Why is it here? And it's because they're they're giving us a heads up that we wouldn't have to do as many. Uh, we wouldn't have as much amends to make if we would look at this very closely. You know, someone said to me yesterday, I was talking about my trip to New York, and I know you guys hear me talk about going to visit my kids in New York on a regular basis because it really is um, something huge happens when I go to New York to visit with my my kids. And um, she said to me, if you think you're spiritual, go hang out with your family and then come back and give a report and this is really true you know just when i think i really i'm making strides i'm getting so much you know i'm really practicing these principles in all my affairs it's so easy to practice these principles with family and with rather with friends and with neighbors and with coworkers but boy when you get with your family wow it's really that's the toughest time and somebody's somebody's unmuted so if you can mute your phone it would really be super Um, The other thing I wanted to say about this is for a lot of years, I just heard you cough. So if you cough just now, please mute your phone. (laughs) Another thing is I had a magnet on my refrigerator for a lot of years, and the magnet said, take my advice. I'm not using it. And it was a a gift from a very, very close friend and um, a very true little statement, take my advice. I'm not using it. Well, look, here we're being told, take take the advice that you have been given and use it put it into action that's the name of the chapter into action these spiritual principles that are behind every one of these steps is an action that we can take we shouldn't talk incessantly to them our families about spiritual matters they will change in time and it's interesting because sadly you know i'm the mom of my kids and they changed because of living with me for so many years Sadly, they are who they are because they hung out with me and I was not the most well person on the planet. And now as I learn and practice these principles in all my affairs, and mostly what it means to practice these principles, by the way, is that I shut my mouth. I I got myself in the most trouble by opening my mouth to eat, and I get myself in the most trouble with the words that come out of my mouth. So if I shut my mouth, truth be told, when in doubt, I shut my mouth, and I keep myself out of a lot of amends. And um, that's what I had to say about this paragraph. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we go forward? Melissa C, Nancy R, Leia M. Leia Melissa, M. Leia, I heard someone before Leia. Melissa, who else?
8: Sarah W. Sarah W.
0: Okay, I've got Melissa, Sarah W, Leia M. Was there anyone else? Leah. S. Leah S. Okay. Let's get started. Go ahead, Melissa. And Sarah W., you'll be up next. Hi. Good
9: morning, Sally. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. Um, you know, we're talking about our amends process. And so um, it's change, you know, and that this spiritual life is not a theory. I have to live it. I have to demonstrate the change. Um and it's not something that I need to endlessly talk about. Um, because first of all, no one wants to be lectured at, you know, my family doesn't want to hear me talk the talk. Um, I'm also looking to make the amends. I'm you know what we're talking about changing here. Um, and it's not my words that needed changing, you know. My words are fine. Um, my actions are what needed changing. I spent years demonstrating poor behavior. Um Moodiness, self-centeredness, financial craziness as I spent money on weight loss schemes, clothing in every size, um, throwing tantrums because nothing ever fit, withdrawing because the food was my closest companion and it wanted all my attention. You know, I wasn't unfaithful to my marriage, but I definitely practiced fidelity to the food before everyone else. And, you know, so now that I'm abstinent and recovered and to a normal body size than I've been in 20 years, I still have a lot of work to do. I have years to make up for. I have years of better behavior to demonstrate. Um, you know, this spiritual solution is really the answer that I know it is, um, it can help my family. You know, it, it. but they're not interested in the God talk, just like I personally, got the word. Um, the difference is, is that I was the one carting around extra weight i'm the one here who's the addict and so god became my last desperate hope um and uh they're not in the same pain as i was and so they might not need that god word you know beaten into them the way i did um but i don't think they have to be in that kind of pain in order to have a spiritual solution um thank you with that i'll
0: pass thanks melissa c and sarah w you're up and leah you'll be up next
10: leah m
8: Good morning, Sally. This is Sarah W., great forward Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Um, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. You know, um, I was just thinking about how we all have so many things that happen to us in life. And that, um, you know, my whole thing in my life was always instant gratification. You know, somehow I should get what I want. And I had no thought whatsoever about your, and even the things when I was doing a kind thing was always with some kind of motive in the background of what I would receive. And, you know, I think so much of the program for me is about doing things that are uncomfortable and are the right thing, even though I don't want to. It's to step beyond my comfort zone. And, um, you know, I've been going through, uh, you know, the cancer thing, which I had surgery on the 3rd of of um, June, and we am going to have radiation starting on uh, Tuesday, and my husband has to go and have a CAT scan of his head today. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I have fear, and, you know, I have to do a 10-step on it. I must. And the thing is that I have to bring my program into every area of my life. And instead of saying god why me it's like why not me you know um how can this be used to help other people you know and that's what's always happened in my life every single thing that has happened to me that has been an adversity a difficulty has been used by my higher power to help other people and that is the way i see other people have helped me too through their adversity that's why we're able to help each other so much So instead of saying, why me, I say, why not me? And I say, God, walk with me through whatever I have to walk through. I'm not alone anymore. Not only do I have a higher power, but I have such beautiful people that really, truly love me. I have the chosen family that I always wanted, me, the little adopted girl. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sally, for your service.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for your service. Leah And it's your turn. Leah S., you'll be up next, and then we'll hear Penny.
10: Thanks so much, Sally, for your service. The spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. You know, I one time one, once heard someone say, you know, that the program enhances their life. Um you know and i I beg to differ with that, you know the program is my life it 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 has to be in every breath, you know we gather every morning together, a vision for you, and we love each other, you know hopefully right and uh you know but what's what's happening when we hang up the phone? you know the twelve steps of the program is. A living, breathing program. Uh, you know, sometimes we hear, I'm working on the spiritual part of the program of recovery. There is no part, spiritual part of the recovery. It is, it is the whole process. That's what the heart of what these twelve steps are all about. we have meetings, we have sponsors, we have conventions, you know we have retreats, we have all kinds of activities that go on that constitute the OA fellowship and the OA atmosphere, the environment. But in that environment, the whole purpose of us getting together every morning, the whole purpose of conventions and all retreats, et cetera, is to cause each one of us to implement the twelve steps ourselves. That's what OA is. That's what this whole process is all about. It's a process that causes each one of us to work the 12 steps individually in our own lives, under our own roofs, in our own workplaces, in our own families, so that we can have that spiritual awakening and we can uh, have that daily reprieve contingent upon our spiritual condition. Um, these steps that I implement every day takes my thinking to a higher level. You know, because I started this process a long time ago, specifically 1987, so, you know, to live this in the early and more vulnerable stages, infancy stages of recovery, to live this program in a new marriage, to live this program through infertility issues and and those treatments, to live uh, this, you know, program of recovery through loss of employment, through two major moves with a very large family, through a husband who was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and the treatments that followed that, through, uh, you know, the demands of a large family, through the demands of young adults who are uh, becoming on their own, you know, through teenage girls and all that roller coaster ride, through interacting with a husband who runs a business who has his own stress, through young married couples, you know, maintaining that emotional stability takes work. You know, every day we end this program by saying we trudge the road of happy destiny. What is the meaning of trudge? I mean, I love that they chose that word. It means a difficult or laborious walk. And you know what? Life is difficult at times. But thank God we have this program that keeps us tethered to something greater than our own self. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah.
8: And
0: Leah S., it's your turn. And then we'll hear from Tennessee. Thank you, Sally. And thank you, everyone. And thank you, Leah. I think you took all the words out of my mouth but I'm just going to piggyback a little bit on this. We have to live a spiritual life. And um, when I started to, to do this program, and I realized to be spiritual, and I still slowly started to change myself, I liked it. I liked it because I was becoming a more calm person so I liked it just the same way as I like the weight loss. Hey, I'm not so heavy anymore. I can run
11: those steps and you know, and uh, summer comes and, and I can put that
0: bathing suit on and it's okay. And um some of the other things that, that, that happened and I like to do it. So I'm just gonna do it again and again and again. And um um when when I when uh What I wanted to bring out is that the spirituality is not about what I used to say, the way I used to say, I'm going to go on a diet, and everybody, you better watch out because I'm going to go on a diet. And the spirituality is the same thing. I just became spiritual more, and people started to notice it. The difference was that, hey, are you on a diet or are you not on a diet? Or, hey, are you spiritual or are you not? Um, Where are you heading now? And what are you doing now? And um, my higher power goes with me everywhere. And it is. It is applicable in every area in my life. And um, I tried it. And um, I suggest anyone to try it because it works. Thanks. Thank you, Leah S. Thank you, everybody, for being mindful of the time this morning. Penny C., I'm going to ask you to go forward and read for us. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. We're on page 83, if you joined us a little late this morning. Page 83, third paragraph. There may be some wrongs we can never fully right. Penny C.?
4: Good morning. Thank you, Sally. Um, It's a beautiful morning. Every day is a beautiful morning. When I wake up and, you know, I'm thinking about, Um, how I can live my program and how I can help someone else. There may be some wrongs we can never fully write. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we would write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. And there may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. We should be sensible tactful, considerate, and humble without being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. And uh, this is, again, like someone else, you know, referred to the paragraph she read as the best one for her. This is a fantastic one for me today. There was one secret. Years ago, when I first started working the steps in various various groups that you know read certain portions of the big book and certain portions of, the, of AA liter- O A literature, and you know uh, we, we we did a cursory fourth step, like maybe two or three um, um, wrongs or uh, that we had done or of our character defects, and it was at that point that. I told a secret I really believed was going to the grave with me, and that person is the only one in the whole world that's ever heard about the mistake I made that caused someone else great discomfort, and um, and, it, and it, it was it was too late to ever ever do anything about it, and uh, it's just come back. I thought it was gone. I gave it away. I told God. I told another person. But today, it's it's been, since we've been reading this step this time, I think, how could I possibly make amends to this person who has now died? Many, many years ago, it happened. How could I possibly, uh, you know, do I need to make amends? And so I love the book, again, it always gives us the direction. In doing so, I need to be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble. And I don't need to crawl. I need to just stand on my two feet. And what it means is I need to talk to another recovered compulsive overreader who will be the second person in all these years since this happened that will know my, my, my secret. And the bottom line for me, with all that we've been reading, is that I need to trust God. And when people say, why, can, why do you trust God? How, how do you trust God? I just look back at almost 77 years of life, and I say, I can trust God because God has proven to me that He is trustworthy. That he has taken care of me all of these years through some very very difficult situations, situations where I didn't know if I would survive, one of them being cancer and and here I am, and able to be positive and and loving, sensible kind and all of that, but mostly trusting. And the mantra, I'm just going to say to to end, the mantra that I learned on a special edition in this meeting was, God, I'm yours and I trust you. And it comes to me automatically when I'm fearful, when I'm not sure what the next step needs to be, uh, when I believe I need to make, whenever. And I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C.
0: We've got time for one share. Has anyone got a burning desire to share on this paragraph? I'm sure we'll revisit it tomorrow. Reva P. Okay, Reva, take it away.
12: Good morning. This is Riva P. Grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I love this paragraph because uh, through doing this work um, as a we. With other recovered compulsive overeaters and my sponsor I learn a sense of balance and moderation which was so the opposite of how I was before this program Um, so I've I'm learning balance and moderation with the food and also with my behavior with the people about me and I love 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 the image of not being servile or scraping because I don't motivate uh, my actions through guilt anymore by doing the work um, you know, and getting guidance from my higher power and recovered people, I do what I need to do, no matter whether it's uncomfortable or not, And I don't do what's not appropriate to do. Um, and I don't have to feel guilty and um, you know over apologize, over amend, amend for things that I'm not even supposed to make amends for. Um, and it's just an amazing sense of balance. That's all I wanted to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Reva. We do have one minute. Is there anyone who would like to share for one minute before I close the meeting? Alita P. Okay, Alita, if you can. Good morning, Sally. You could... Thank you so much for your service. Well, um, I do have a, a wrong that can never be fully righted and I've had a wrong and I've um I've done inventory on this wrong several times and um so it just boils down to trusting the process and trusting God that even though I feel a little it was with my sister I feel still have a little bit of feelings of uncomfortableness around her um because of it's something I could not make an amends to her because it would hurt her more if I told her. So um, it's something that I have to trust God with, and it says we can on, we don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves we would write them if we could. So it just, it just reaffirms to me how important it is to stay sober and to continue working the steps so that I do not revert back to being a tornado roaring my way through the lives of others. Thank you, I Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for your timeliness this morning. And thanks to everyone who has shared. I would like to invite you to please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And I will ask Rebecca F. to read for us, A Vision for You, beginning with, Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
5: Good
11: morning, everyone. This is Rebecca S. Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order